Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Ego Chow Podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Justin Binkowski who has returned from the Dominican Republic. Uh, he is not, I was expecting you to be tan to be honest, but um, I guess that's just not your thing. Um, we're going to talk about champs. This is uh, the last it really is the last Ego Chow episode of the 2022 season because the next time we talk to you guys, we'll be talking about Roster Mania and the fallout of champs and all of that stuff. But before we do any of that, how are you doing, Bink? Doing well. Pretty wild day today with the MLB trade deadline. But um, for our fans listening here, they're ready to talk about the biggest COD tournament of the year just coming up in less than 48 hours. So we can hop right on it. Yeah, uh, $2.55 million on the line for uh, the eight CDL teams that are competing at this year's Champs. Um, the biggest event of the year, um, of, of every year, this is the biggest event, um, and it's the final event of the uh, 2022 CDL season. Uh, the eight teams that are competing at this, um, this iteration of Champs, uh, Atlanta Phase, New York Subliners, London Royal Ravens, Seattle Surge, Optic Texas, Toronto Ultra, Los Angeles Thieves, and the Boston Breach. Um, a pretty stacked, uh, you know, list of teams. You know, we have Atlanta, Optic, LAT, and that's not even to mention Seattle, who uh, are on a five-match losing streak. I I just have so many stats running around in my brain now that I wrote the preview uh, on dot. Um, but uh, let's let's start at the very top of this bracket. I'll, I'll pull up the bracket real quick. So we can uh, have that for um, those watching the video or watching the live stream. Um, but uh, we have Atlanta Phase and the New York Subliners up top. They are the top of the bracket here. Um, and now it is showing on the live stream. So Phase and New York. New York is quite literally one of the hottest teams in the league at this moment finished second at the fourth and final major in Brooklyn. Uh, they were also, um, they're one of the best hard point teams. Surprisingly, if you've been following the, uh, the subliner season to this point, uh, but let's talk about phase versus New York. Um, let's start with phase. Uh, what do you think of Atlanta heading into this event? Um, they were, they're the number one seed of the event, but they also don't have an event win under their belt. So what do you make of FaZe heading into their matchup with NYSL? Yeah, I think there's a really tough matchup, you know, as as far as seeding goes, it's technically the one versus the eight seed, as you kind of alluded to. Um, but I, I think you can just throw the seeds out the window. This is, you know, we, we've seen some pretty wild stuff happen in Vanguard. And you know, it basically any team can win on any day almost. So um, the seeds are pretty irrelevant here. And just based on recent form, um, the subliners are coming off hot off their incredible run throughout the major four qualifiers and major four itself to just to get into this final spot for champs. Uh, whereas FaZe are coming off their only event where they didn't reach the grand finals at all. Technically their worst placing. Uh, of the year so far. So uh, this is definitely a tougher matchup than some people might think on paper or for some people who haven't been paying attention recently, whatever reason. But I, I 
you know, I just I got that phase vibe that this is champs time. Uh, I already have world champions on that team, and this is going to be uh, their time to try to. I don't want to say like correct because I don't think that's the right word, but um, you know, they're just going to try to capture this last event of the year, and then it doesn't matter what happened previously throughout the year with them losing in the grand finals three times. Um, all that's irrelevant if you're able to capture the title at the end of the year. So um, I'm really excited for this match in general. I think it, it's the last match of the first day. So going to be a lot of hype and anticipation heading into this one. And I'm expecting it to come down to the wire. Yeah, I am as well. Um, I think it's interesting how these two teams match up against each other. Uh, especially with how both teams have played down the stretch of the season. Uh, like I mentioned, the subliners are probably the best hardpoint team um, heading into this event, uh, just based on their most recent performances. Uh, they're 14-4 and four in the Major 4 qualifiers and in Major 4. Uh, so that's that's an absolutely ridiculous win percentage for them. Um, whereas uh, FaZe has not been pretty shaky and hardpoint and certain to destroy over the past month or so. Uh, but they've been really, really good in control. And we've talked about it before on the show how control can be a, a swing mode of sorts. And, um, you know, if you do lose uh, maybe the search or maybe you lose both maps, uh, to start off the series, winning that control can be um, a great way to get back into the series and and flip the momentum uh, for any match. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I, I I think Phase, you know, logically I think Phase is going to win just based off of their proven track record. They were the most consistent team all year round, um, regardless of you know not having a championship or any uh, or any event win. But I, I do think like the fact that they were able to you know get to the grand finals of the first three majors and then that uh, fourth major get third place. Uh, I do think that is um, a pretty positive sign of things to come. I think they've proven uh, over the past you know pretty much two and a half three years, um, and these players have proven it uh, even longer than that that they're all really talented, that they can compete at a really high level. And I think that FaZe are, um, you know, the favorites to win this match and probably the rest of the tournament. But it, it kind of depends on what will happen, um, you know, in this match, whether they're able to get ahead or stay ahead in a series and, and uh, be a, a really tough subliners team and a team that has turned around their season after looking like, you know, they were you know, in a lot of trouble after making uh, early roster changes. Um, let, let's talk about a little more about the subliners, though, um, just because I think their turnaround is really incredible. Um, this, you know, not even really second half, but just the final quarter of the season where they win four of their five qualifying matches and then get to the grand finals of a major in front of their home fans. I think that is an incredible story, the way that they were able to really salvage a season that didn't look salvageable um, with the way that they had played at the first three majors to go into the final major and do something that incredible. And, you know, they nearly won, um, you know, that major. They had beaten the Thieves earlier in the tournament. Um, so talk about uh, New York a little bit. Like, where do you, where do you see them, 
kind of going in this tournament? Obviously, they have a really tough first round matchup, but where do you think they stack up in in uh, regards to the rest of the competition? I, they're in the upper echelon for sure for me. Um, like you said, this first round matchup, I really, um, I, I could see it going either way, and I think that's going to. Uh, dictate how the winner's bracket just shapes up. I think whichever team wins phase versus New York makes it to the winner's finals. And obviously that'd have massive implications for how the rest of the bracket shakes up. So, um, yeah, I just, I've been super impressed with the subliners team. I mean, one, one thing just to throw it out there, I know it hasn't really, uh, it, it wasn't an event that a lot of people put a lot of, worth into but the the subliners uh roster did win the pro-am and then heading into the major three qualifiers i don't remember how they performed in the qualifiers but i know they didn't win at the major three because heading into major four they hadn't won a match at any of the majors right so um this team's had the potential to do great things since bringing on the uh kismet and paul x It, it seems like this has been you know, they, they struggled to find their set four early in the year, and now eventually they were able to land on this lineup that's uh, turned them, as you said, into one of the best hardpoint teams, and hardpoint's one of the most important modes, which may not sound like um, rocket science since there's only three modes and only two of them are played twice. So um, regardless, it's an important mode, and they, they seem to figure it out, at least in Vanguard. So... Um, it will be interesting to see how they match up against FaZe in particular in hardpoint. I think they're both strong hardpoint teams. I think I would give the edge to FaZe in search just based on the players on the team. Um, but hardpoint, I could see, you know, Celium has a good game, FaZe takes it, and same with subliners. If uh, Kismet's doing everything on the map, dropping 30-plus with two minutes in the hill, like that's that's kind of... Mr. Do-It-All stats right there. So I, 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 I'm I really impressed with subliners lately. I think they're um, in a position where they, they're in the top half of the teams at the tournament. If I had to, like, group them probably with uh, FaZe, New York, Optic, and LAT, I guess, um, is, like, the top four, top half uh, of the 18 field. But um, I don't think that's really saying much just because, you know, it's only an 18 field and um, all that. But, yeah, I, I do think subliners have potential to do big things here at Champs. It's just it really, like you said, tough first-round matchup, and that's going to dictate a lot of uh, what happens throughout the tournament because either way, a tough team is dropping down into losers round one, uh, whoever loses that match. This matchup hasn't been seen a lot um, this season. They haven't played since the first week of uh, the major three qualifiers. And that was actually the first qualifying match that Kismet played with New York and New York lost 3-1. So I don't know how much could actually be put into that because I think New York has really improved their game since then. Obviously, the chemistry has come a long way over the past nearly three months that they've had Kismet in the lineup. Um, But I I don't know... Maybe they'll match up differently than we expect because we haven't seen them play in almost three months and we haven't seen them play on land since Major 2, uh, which was a 3-0 victory for FaZe. Um, so um, 
it's going to be really interesting. I, I, I love this first-round matchup. I, I think that has um, the makings to be an incredible series. And, of course, you have, um, you know, Crim6, you know, gunning for his fourth world title at this event. And then you have uh, the bulk of FaZe going for three world titles. And I think Selium would be going for his second. Um, so, uh, uh, like pretty much all of the, you know, the players, uh, a lot of the players in this series, um, you know, storied histories, and they would definitely, uh, be gunning for, um, you know, history, uh, to either become the, uh, an another part of the three-time world champions or Crim6 kind of cementing his legacy as the greatest of all time. He would be the first player, uh, the only player to win, uh, four world titles. So, um, a really, really interesting series, uh, at the top of winner's bracket round one. Um, the next match in winner's round one is, um, a, a match with two teams that are not looking incredibly strong heading into this event. Uh, the London Royal Ravens, um, who have looked incredible online, but really lackluster on land, uh, over the past month or two. And then the Seattle surge who have uh, a five match losing streak since they won major three. Um, I believe they won one of their qualifying matches, but really they've struggled um, a lot uh, coming into this event, even uh, despite being, you know, one of the four major champions. Uh, what do you think of this series? Um, you know, neither one of us have had a lot of confidence in either of these teams throughout the season. We've notoriously picked through, uh, picked against London, and they've kind of proven us wrong. And then when we pick them, they kind of prove us uh, wrong again. And then Seattle has been very, very streaky. Uh, so what do you make of London versus Seattle? Yeah, for as excited as I am for Faze uh, New York, I am not even remotely close to as excited for this match between uh, London and Seattle. As you alluded to, um, both teams got last place finishes at um, Major 4 most recently. So um, that was more surprising for London just because of their strong performance in the online qualifiers. I think they went 4-1. and one. Number 1 seed. Um, yeah, so they, they were playing strong. They lose 3-2 to London in the first round. It might have been a reverse sweep if I remember correctly. but um, And then they lose 3-2 again to LAG, which, you know, they get eliminated by a team that's not even a champs. That's kind of a red flag for any London fans. And Seattle struggled, as you said, and they're on that uh, big losing streak. And that led to them starting Major 4 in the loser's bracket, and they just lose 3-2 right off the rip to Boston and they're one and done in New York for that event. So um, neither team are exactly coming into this one on a heater. Definitely not compared to like New York or LA Thieves. So I, I really don't know what to expect um, from either of these teams at this event. It's, it's most notably going to be uh, the first champs for half of the players in the series, right? Um, Gizmo and... Uh, Nasty would be their first champs, and then uh, Sib and Pred, too. So um, could be some minor nerves there uh, that could affect what we see from all these players. But, um, you know, both teams, Zero and Accuracy, have the veteran presence there. And then um, some young guns with Afro and Mac, who, you know, Afro joined towards the end of last year. Mac joined halfway through the previous season. So they have some experience. Uh, just not a lot, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it has the potential to be a 
series that has some cool moments and you know i could see like there being like a hard point that comes down to the wire like around 11 where it comes down to a 1v1 with a flurry of kills that sort of thing because you know both teams have some aggressive smg players stuff like that um but this is definitely the first round matchup that i i'm not you know I'm, I'm glad this is the first match on thursday get it out of the way um and then we move on to some other exciting headline matchups but um, I, I think it is worth pointing out too that you know, um, despite us talking about their performances recently being lackluster, these are teams that, um, for London really looked strong at the beginning of the season, went through a little bit of a slump when you know Gizmo was dealing with personal issues, all that, and then they had that stretch where they looked decent online, um, just didn't manifest into results at the major and then with seattle they they really if we look had to look at the points and dissect it um they probably got the bulk of their points from major three winning that whole thing so it's both teams that are coming in here not at their best but they've had multiple weeks now to prepare since their um failures at major four so uh could come down to some preparation obviously both teams have a lot of vod they could watch of each other um from the entire season so um th this is a match although you know it's, it's tough to say that a match isn't super exciting to look forward to when there's only four and eight teams but um i i could see some you know highlight real moments and stuff like that coming from the series with some of the players on both teams so i i guess you know truth be told it, it's i'm just looking forward to champs in general so this this might not be as bad as I previously was alluding to earlier in the segment. Yeah, i I think I think you're right. Um, it's a they're going to be it's going to be an exciting match because it's champs and there is a lot to play for. Like getting that win, getting into winners round two is important for the those uh, teams. But like you said, these two teams are really performing the worst heading in so i i think the most interesting angle for this kind of match is like who's going to be able to break out of their slump and get things rolling early on in a tournament because this could be a great uh momentum you know uh, just a way to get momentum for either of these teams like i said seattle's on a five match losing streak london is on a three match losing streak because they lost their last match uh, of the qualifiers before major four and then were double uh, first rounded at major four uh, despite those being really close series um, and a, a really important part or I guess not important but an interesting part of this series is that when Seattle was doing so well and they went on their nine match win streak they won major three and they look like a, a potential you know championship contender for this tournament they were probably the best control team in the entire league they were almost unstoppable in that game mode and london like we've talked about uh, over the past month or so they are horrible at control it's their biggest weakness um when in the qualifiers they were uh you know nearly unstoppable in hardpoint and search but they were losing pretty much every single control map 
um, that they had in their entire uh, in in every single match. So I think that's going to be interesting. I don't know if Seattle's going to be able to get things going again. Um, I I looked at you know maybe it is just an online thing uh, for Seattle, but in the second half of the season they're thirteen and three in control, and then around fifty percent in hard point and search and destroy. Uh, London um, they've only had. Um, you know, they've only had Gizmo back in the lineup since June 12th. Uh, so since then, um, they've been pretty solid. Um, they're 10 and four in hard point, seven and three in search and destroy, and they're one and six in control. So they're an almost automatic loss in one of the game modes, which is usually, um, you know, not a great recipe for success, but um, they're you know, Seattle hasn't been good in the other two game modes, so it's possible that London's going to be able to sneak out a victory here. Um, what's your uh, what's your prediction for this? If you had to, you know, pick right now, Seattle or London? Well, I would have to go Seattle. Just stick with my trend of picking against London. Yeah, I, I want to pick London, but um, I think I'd have to pick Seattle. London has been really, really bad—not uh, really, really bad, but just. Um, they haven't shown up on LAN, and I think I, I don't really buy into the online versus LAN. You know, like I don't really think that it's a huge difference in terms of you know you're a, a great team online and then you're horrible on LAN. I don't think like that has a lot of water, but it it worries me that they haven't been able to prove it on LAN in the back half of the season, and. Um, I just don't know if you're really bad at one game mode, like how that's going to work out in a match um, against, you know, a team that is capable of winning all three game modes. So I think I would go with Seattle as well. Um, the next matchup in the winner's round one, Optic versus Ultra. Uh, so Optic Texas, they have Illy back in the lineup. He's been uh, back for a little bit now. And Toronto going into the same, uh, going in with the same roster that they had when they finished second at last year's champs. Um, this is an interesting matchup just because Optic hasn't looked uh, like the team they were earlier in the year. And Toronto has really not looked like you know, they haven't looked this year like the team they were last year. Um, uh, what do you think of, of Toronto versus Optic? Um, who do you who do you think is, is going to come out on top? Yeah, this is an interesting one. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Just, you know, a little bit different than the phase New York one in the sense mm -hmm. of why I'm looking forward to it. But um, in this case, it's two teams that we haven't exactly seen their strongest form in some time. Um, obviously, Optic looked the best this year when they were winning Major 1. Um, and I would have to look up the placings. I know Toronto went on a run at their own Major, which would have been Major 3, but still, regardless, we, we haven't really seen a consistent Toronto that we're used to seeing uh, since this like four-man roster formed you know, early in the Cold War season last year. Um, but regardless of any lack of results, though, this is still a super talented uh, roster on the Ultra, and they have a lot of chemistry just based on how long they've been together. So it's hard to, you know, count them out in any series. Mm. But there's just a lot of question marks for me around both teams. We know historically Optic as an organization is a team that is known for being better in respawn modes than Insurgent Destroy. 
Um, might not exactly be the case. I would have to look at the numbers recently, but you know, with with guys like Illy, uh, who's Illy in particular known for search, but you know, Illy, Shotzi, Dashi have all. I mean, even Scump has had his moments in search. So um, it's definitely not one of those, at least in my eyes, compared to previous Optic rosters. It might not be um, one of those teams that's super reliant on uh, the respawns or hardpoint. And then you look at a team like Toronto, which has really struggled in hardpoint throughout this entire year and is more well-known to play better in search, but even their search recently has been questionable. So... Um, yeah, I think this is going to be one of those matches where the team that puts in the most work and preparation heading into champs, uh, has an edge just because neither team has really looked the best. Well, their best is Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say. Um, so I, I think I would have to go with optic here, but it's definitely one I could see come down to game five round 11. Yeah, I would also go with Optic. Um, their their current form just seems to be a little bit higher than Toronto, uh, and we did see these two teams match up in Major 4 and Optic 1-3-2. So there is that, um, but if you want to... You know, if you equal, if you think that the online and land stuff is equal or somewhat equal, you could also say that Toronto had beaten Optic um, in the qualifying matches of Major Four as well. So uh, there are two recent results where they split the the matches. Um, so th- there is that. I I just think that Optic are better at hardpoint, and that's kind of the key here. Um, I don't think I I really just don't think Toronto has like a single game mode that they're stellar at and that hurts you. Um, whereas Optic lately has been very very good at search and destroy, um, and uh, they've been really bad at control. And you know I I said it uh, with the London series. I have a hard time picking a you know. I have a hard time picking those teams when you're not able to really win one of those game modes. Um, but I think that Optic is also a little more competent than London and a little more consistent than the Royal Ravens are. And Toronto is also just not, uh, they're not a great control team either. Um, you know, uh, over the same period that uh, Optic has had Illy back in the lineup. So uh, really the final three qualifying matches and in the, in the major four uh, Optic are one and six in control. Toronto's three and three. Um, so there's not a, a gigantic difference between the two. And, and then it's really not a comparison when you look at hardpoint and search. Uh, Toronto has a losing record in both game modes, and Optic is uh, 500 in hardpoint, and they have an 80% win percentage in search with Illy back in the lineup. So I, I, I really have a lot of confidence in Optic. Um, it, currently, uh, I. Don't expect myself to have a lot of confidence throughout the tournament um, as they progress and they have to play very good, uh, very good search and destroy teams. Um, But at the moment, I have uh, quite a bit of confidence that they're going to be able to at least pull out, um, you know, two and five and probably one um, if if they're not able to get um, that control win or, you know, I I think they're going to be able to win at least one of the hard points in a series. Uh, But yeah. I, I think Optic over Toronto is probably the... I, I think that might probably is somewhat clear, but you know we've seen Optic struggle 
at majors before, and um, there's always the possibility that Toronto can deliver an upset in round one. Um, and I think can happen at champs. Yeah, you know, I I I said it in my preview, but Optic kind of has this unfortunate tradition of, you know, not necessarily like flailing out of uh, champs, but underperforming is definitely something that has happened quite a few times to different iterations of Optic. I think the most, um, you know, the biggest example was the top 24 finish in World War II that, you know, the Octane and Methods team, like that's obviously a big one, but uh, last year a top six finish for them at Champs was disappointing. Um, and they've, you know, kind of come up short uh, a lot of times. Um, you know, they've, they've only won it once and they probably could have won it three times, to be honest with you. So uh, I think there is that in the back of their mind or maybe just in the back of the mind of the fans of like, oh crap, like what's going to happen? Um, but Toronto is not a roster to sleep on. You know, second place at Champs last year. They have a lot of talent. I think that um, this team is is just really good, but they just haven't been able to put it together this season. Uh, but if there is a time to put it together, it's now. And they've had a few weeks to practice and get ready for this tournament. So um, I think that Optic just has to be really, really prepared for Toronto and whatever they throw at them in, in round one. Um, and then the final match of winners round one, the Los Angeles Thieves, who won major four, beat the New York Subliners um, on their home turf versus the Boston Breach. Um, I, I mean, it looks, it looks clear, right? Like you would think LAT, obviously, because they just won the the latest tournament, and Boston hasn't been lighting the world on fire uh, despite, you know, definitely being improved with Vivid over Capsital. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't really believe that LAT is this, you know, completely reformed and changed team, right? Like we've seen for five, six months of this season how they were very inconsistent. They would kind of slip up um, and, you know, kind of underperform to what we expect of them. And then they go on this incredible run and they're able to win that tournament. Um, but I'm not sure if that is like a, you know, like a permanent change. I don't know if that's like a meaningful, like, you know, valid uh, change that they've made. What do you think? Do you think LAT, like, I, I think they're the favorites in Boston, right, over Boston. But what do you think of LAT's chances at this event um, heading in after just winning the major a few weeks ago? I, I think they have a little bit of a target on their back now as, as the most recent champions. Um, if we're looking at this matchup, like, let's just say any other team besides LAT or Boston won major four, um, and we're looking at this matchup between these two teams, it's probably one that you're, you know, you're, you could see either team winning. Um, if one team loses, it might not be as much of a shock based on other performances. Again, not counting major four for thieves in particular. Um, but now with the thieves having won the most recent event, this is in my eyes, like a must win match for them. Like if, if they win major four and they come out and lose the first round of, at champs to Boston, um, that, that'd be a pretty big upset. So, um, that's what I, I think, you know, obviously you want to hit, uh, your best form towards the end of the season, which is good for the Thieves based on their performances earlier in the year. Obviously, they're hitting their stride at the right time, but now they got to carry it into the big one here at the end of the year. 
and this is it, I, I don't think there's any other way to say it. this is just a, a must-win match obviously all the matches the champs are but this is one that now there are likely higher expectations on the thieves based on uh, their major four victory i still think this is a match i expect them to win um I think looking at all of the other matches in the first round here, this might be the most lopsided first round match. Like I could easily see the Thieves, uh, if they're if they're playing to the form that we saw most recently from them, I could see them easily 3-0ing this. Whereas, you know, you look at the other matchups, I, I don't really know what to expect from London Surge. Um, phase subliners I could see going either way, coming down to the wire, and same with Optic Ultra. Uh, I could see that going down to the wire too. So in comparison between the four series, I think this has the potential to be the most lopsided or um, a 3-0 for the Thieves. But uh, again, this is Vanguard. Can't count Boston out. Um, they, they've they looked better. Uh, surprisingly, since the addition of Vivid, I, I was uh, pretty high on the Capital hype train. But, you know, it, it seemed like he was like, a uh, more of a boomer bust player and vivid might bring a little bit more consistency to the team. So, um I think they they have upset potential here and again, anything can happen in Vanguard, but um especially for the Thieves fans following that major four victory, this is one that they are certainly expecting their squad to win. Yeah, I expect LAT to win. Um they they are uh, three and zero against Boston this season, uh, two uh, two and zero um, online. So, you know they haven't really met at any of the the four majors. Um, the only land win that LAT have over Boston uh, was at the Pro Am Classic, and that event was kind of an anomaly for how things really went. Um, unless you're just looking at the grand finals, and then major four grand finals is the exact same uh, coincidentally, um, but. Boston have lost twice online to LAT. Both were three O's. Um, you know, like that's that could be a bad sign. It also could just be a sign that online Call of Duty kind of sucks. This is a Boston versus LA matchup. It's pretty much the farthest that you can get away from each other online. Um, as for uh, how I think this will uh, end up, I do think LAT will win, but I'm not. You know, I think Boston's like a, a decent matchup in terms of the game modes. Um, LAT is ha they have the advantage in search and destroy, obviously, um, but both teams are, are competent and hard point. And uh, while LAT is definitely the better control team as of late, um, Boston is is pretty good in control. They're able to hold their own, and that could make things pretty interesting in this series. Uh, I just don't have a lot of faith that Boston's going to be able to get the upset, but. Um, like you said, anything can happen at champs. It's, you know, we've seen it before. Teams that come in with momentum, come in with a lot of hype and a lot of confidence, and they lose round one. It happens, especially in a five-game series in Call of Duty. Like, that is such a, um, you know, such a small sample size. Things can happen so quickly, um, and it, it could happen here. But uh, if I had to bet, in, or, you know, we're going to pick and, you know, predict and whatnot, but I would say LAT over Boston. Um yeah, for that series. Um, so 
we've we've gone through the first round matchups and you know we'll give our predictions throughout the weekend uh put them on twitter or you know we'll talk about them next week uh or what have you but uh i kind of want to get your thoughts on who you think is going to win the tournament um with the the way the bracket is laid out here and with the way that teams are playing and how inconsistent things have been pretty much this entire season it's kind of hard to um, get those predictions correct, especially throughout an entire tournament. I don't think any of us have uh, gotten a, a major winner correct this season, uh, which is how things uh, have been. Um, but who do you think is is going to win um, the 2022 CDL championship? Well, first, we just got to give, well, only first round match we didn't give predictions for. So um, Atlanta, New York, who are you going with there? Uh, I, I got to go with Atlanta. All right, so we have the same predictions for all the first-round matchups. Kind of surprised by that. Um, but, yeah, I'm just going to stick with FaZe, I, I think. Uh, I alluded to it on the previous show. I think that we, we only, you know, statistically, there's a better chance for a team that hasn't won a major this year to win champs just because um, three of the four majors winners are only at champs. So that means five teams at champs haven't won an event. So just statistically, not really a hot take there. But um, I just have, you know, I, I certainly don't have as much confidence in phase right now as I have, you know, for them heading into previous matches or previous events throughout the CDL era. But I, I still think, you know, they've done this before, you know, a little bit of different format with buys and all that. But um yeah, I just I I it's weird to say I have confidence in FaZe despite them coming off their worst performance of the year, but I still, you know, I believe in those guys. Uh still the most talented roster in the league in my eyes and um I'm going to pick them, but I certainly, you know, wouldn't be surprised with the Vanguard here if we're talking about Boston somehow pulling off a crazy champs win at the uh in our show next weekend. I I can see a lot of these teams uh, catching fire and, and just going on a run. So I think that's what I'm I'm really most excited for with this event is just it, you almost have to watch every single match because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I want to pick FaZe, but I, I think Optic is going to win. I, it, I don't think that what we've seen recently of Optic is really what Optic is and like what they will be at champs i think that they'll probably be much more improved i think uh, really the time has been an issue for optic um they didn't have illy for a month or so uh, because of his thumb injury and that really i think hampered the rest of the season the rest of the regular season for optic because it took him a while to get back into the lineup and then there is you know obviously getting the chemistry back and figuring out all of the the, the, the little kinks that, you know, need to be worked out. Um, but I, I look at the first half of Optic season when they had Illy, who was healthy, and they were probably the best team in the game um, or, you know, very close with whatever phase or whoever you want to say is uh, was competing with them. But they won major one. Um, they looked, you know, very good in the major two qualifiers and then the major two despite not winning. Um, and I think that they're capable of that. Whether they show up or not, I don't know. But I think that they're they're capable of it. And I think it's very hard to pick against them or phase. I think if you pick any other team, I think it's it's harder to kind of reason that. Um, but 
I personally would go with optic. Um, and then, you know, my, my, my heart or, you know, whatever part, part of my body would probably say phase just because, you know, I picked them to win pretty much like the past, like 15 CDL events. So I, I would, I think phase is definitely a good pick, but I would go with optic personally. Um, I I also think that they kind of benefit from the matchups or whatnot because they've been so good throughout the season. Um, they beat in phase, I think, four or five, four out of five times. They beat in LAT, I think, three out of five or four out of six. They beat in Toronto uh, most times. So uh, I think that, you know, they're, they have a pretty favorable win-loss against these eight team, or these seven teams. Um, who's your dark horse? Like, so we're just going to take out phase. We're going to take out optic. Um, and let's take out the thieves because they're the most recent champion. Right, okay. Take out New York. So of the, the four teams that I would say have the least, cha- uh, you know, the worst odds to win. So London, Seattle, Toronto, and Boston of those four teams, who do you think is most likely to win? Man, that's tough. Um, I think you almost have to say... See, that's even weird, too. I feel like Surge is an interesting answer. They're the only team out of those other four teams that's already won an event, right? Yeah. So that's what they have going for them. But I still would have to probably bank on Toronto's just chemistry and how long they've been together. They they came in second at champs last year. Um, I think I would have to go with Toronto with like Seattle right behind them again, just because um, that's like comparing recent form Seattle versus the fact that they've actually won an event this year. Um, but I'll, you know, don't want to cop out. I got to give one answer. I'll go with Toronto. Yeah, I would. I was yeah. I think those are the two best options out of those. I would probably go with Seattle just because we've seen it. Like like you said, like they're the only of those four to win a major, um, and we know how streaky they can be. You know they're on a bad streak right now, but they could be on a good streak in two days, and they could win a tournament just based on that. Um, but yeah, I I don't. I think Toronto is just like it's such a weird uh, scenario with them that they're not doing well this season, and they enter I think the the seventh seed I believe. Um, But you would think they're just they would be in the top five, top four, whatever, because they have all this chemistry. There's a lot of talent on the team, but. Uh, they just haven't been able to kind of get it together. So I would go with Seattle just based on the fact that we've we've seen it. We know they can do it um, because they have. But yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I, it's just weird. I, I'm so confused about Toronto and their season with how it's gone. Um, but yeah, I would go with Seattle out of those teams. Who do you think is going to be the uh, the champs MVP? So you think it's going to be one of the phase players because I think they have to give it to the winner, the winning team. So of the the four phase players, who gets champs MVP? I know I'm going to get it wrong, but I'm going to say Selium. And here's you know I think Selium is the regular season MVP. So yeah. him winning champs MVP would be cool. Um, 
on that note as well. But in particular, I remember last year we had the debate of who was the Cold War regular season MVP a lot. Um, you know, it's Atlanta was just so good. You were going with Simp. I was going with a BZ. I was really um, passionate about that side of the argument, just a BZ's role and, like, nobody being able to match his, like, um, entry fragging slash aggressive play style. Um, and I remember... We had that conversation a lot last year, and uh, Simp ends up getting MVP, deserved it. Congrats to him. Um, and then in the grand finals, Celium absolutely went off champs grand finals, and I thought Celium was going to be um, the champs MVP last year, but then Abizi got the grand finals MVP instead of Celium. So I think if FaZe ends up taking this one, writes the ship and Celium will be the catalyst behind it if it happens. Yeah, I I think that if FaZe wins, I think Celium probably will deserve it. Um, he's been incredible all year. He was really incredible last year. Um, he just kind of got overshadowed by two teammates just being absolutely dominant and kind of taking the spotlight away from him, but um, he's been incredible for FaZe. I think if Optic wins... It's probably going to be Shotzi or Dashi uh, because those have been the top guys for Optic all year round. Um, I would probably say Shotzi just because I think he's the flashier player, like the, the player that you know people are going to notice more often than not. They, I think they would probably notice um, him making a great play over Dashi making a great play, um, probably just due to their play styles. But yeah, I, I would go with Shotzi, but... Probably, I think there's even a chance that like Skump, really any of the Opti guys, but I do think that Skump getting Champs MVP at what you would imagine is like the the latter part of his career. Um, you know, I don't know when he's going to retire, but you know, he's uh, he's hinted at it, he's talked about it, but um, you know, I, I think him getting MVP when he's like 26, 27 years old would be a, a pretty cool story. Side note, do, do we want to talk about that real quick? Sure. I didn't watch it and I saw your guys' comments. So I, I don't know. Yeah. So uh, earlier today, the uh, Optic YouTube channel, I'm going to go to it real quick just so I can um, make sure I have the title correct. Um, Optic had a 30-minute video that it premiered at 4 Eastern today, so obviously we didn't know how long it was going to be, but the title of said video is Scump Talks In-Depth About Retirement, and um, apparently In-Depth About Retirement, uh, Optic's definition of that is only a couple minutes because it was essentially um, Hex interviewing Scump. I think it might have been a sponsored video for Oakley, um, but they were mostly talking just about Scump's career and in its entirety almost going like not year by year, but almost like era by era, segment by segment um, through his career. And then briefly at the end, they just like kind of highlight or briefly mention uh, retirement. Scump doesn't even really say anything about it. And Hex is like looking forward to three more years of you playing, like kind of like joking and Scump just doesn't really have an answer to it. So um, it was a very weird video in that sense, just based on the title. I, was expect I wasn't expecting uh, a Scump retirement announcement from that, but I was at least expecting more of a talk 
about maybe his future plans. Um, but he's, again, he's talked at length in other videos and stuff like that about um, well, well, how he's feeling. It, it seems like it's more of a thing of he's going to go like game by game, see what he thinks of the game and basically compete until he, he doesn't have the passion to compete anymore. But that's something also he did talk about in the video is that he feels like he's always going to have the passion to compete. Um, Hex like asked the question about whether he would uh, want to compete in like Warzone tournaments after he inevitably retires from competitive COD. And he was like, nah, I don't think I'm going to play in those. And then after like a couple seconds, he kind of backtracked and he's like, no, I don't want to say I'm never going to compete in those because you never know what happens, all this. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a cool video in the sense of looking back on some uh, highlight moments and stuff like that uh, from Scum's career, but it didn't really provide a lot of information about his retirement. And again, you know, wasn't exactly expecting a huge breaking news announcement of Scump retires two days before COD Champs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just based on that title, I might have been expecting a little bit uh, more information or just like, you know, some bullet points on um, his train of thought. But again, maybe a little bit of weird timing with Champs right now. So we might hear some more on that um, after Champs. And, you know, I think there was a clip Chrome posted on CDL Intel earlier. That he might have like said something along the lines of again, I don't wanna, you know, I'm not quoting him or anything like that, but um I I feel like I saw something that he was like, I wanna see like actual gameplay. It might have been when like the the reveal trailer for MW two yeah. uh was released and he's like, I, I don't, you know, care about this as much. I wanna see actual gameplay, not like the the just cinematic trailer. Um, so that could impact his decision. But again, um it's always enjoyable seeing the king do his thing so we're just gonna have to cherish that for as long as he is competing still yeah i i i really hate like the competitive cycle of call of duty because that has really made players retire more often than not uh like we saw it with karma in mw and what was that 2019 um, maybe 2020, uh, but he retired just because he hated the game. And that is a real thing. Like, whereas in traditional sports, a lot of the times players, they physically can't do it anymore. Like in football, you can only take so much like physical punishment and in basketball, like same with like your joints and everything, like you get older, you get slower and whatnot. Like Call of Duty players are retiring at like 24, 25 years old. That is like the peak of your athletic and like your hand-eye coordination. Like everything is supposed to be peaking at that time. So like the reason that players are retiring, and I'm not like I, I you know this, but like I'm saying this to like any viewers that are like thinking like uh, about older players. Like older is like Clayster, who I think is like 28 or something like that. Like he is. If he was like an NBA player, he would be getting like two more max contracts. Like he would be like at the top of the game essentially. But the reason like Call of Duty is like it's mostly burnout and just hating the game that you're playing. Vanguard being an incredible example for this. Like nobody wants to play Vanguard outside of like what they're really required to to improve their game. Whereas if you saw like in Black Ops 2 or Ghost, which was, you know, nearly like a decade ago, those guys were playing it for like 12 hours a day, every day, playing eights, playing GBs, doing all of that because they loved it 
Whereas like now it isn't the same because these games kind of stink and they kind of push players away. And there's also the the aspect of like the competitive environment. Um, you know, there are fewer teams out there, like fewer pro teams. There are only 12 CDL teams. There used to be more um, of like top level competitive teams. And I think a lot of, a lot of stuff has changed in Call of Duty and not necessarily for the best. And I think that Activision really needs to be like very cognizant of like this one player scump is, is very responsible for a lot of fans tuning in every week to the CDL and watching optic matches. And they really need to make sure that he's happy and really like motivated to continue on his competitive career because losing him when the CDL is, you know, kind of not in flux, so to speak, but like definitely not on solid stable ground, um, especially in viewership, like losing him would be a gigantic blow. So, uh, as a fan of competitive call of duty and like someone who gets paid partially to write and edit articles about call of duty, um, they, you know, like scump, please don't retire at least until I'm retired. So like I can continue to make money off of your name. Um, same for, you know, Nate shot should come back. He should come out of retirement. Um, aches, all of them, they should all just come out of retirement so they can help us monetarily. Um, but in all seriousness, I do think that, you know, Activision needs to be putting a, a greater emphasis on making sure these players that are, you know, brands in their own right are satisfied. I, I think that's a really important thing, and I hope that Scump just doesn't retire anytime soon. And I will say, too, he did mention without actually coming out and saying that he hates Vanguard because obviously that would result in him getting fined and he doesn't like being fined. Um, he did mention early in the video that, you know, again, because the video was talking about earlier parts of his career and his career up to this point, um, so he was talking about, you know, how he was playing 10 to 12 hours a day and, you know, not necessarily all work involved in that, right? Because he was doing content and YouTube videos and pub stomping stuff. So, um, and now he said, I I'm assuming this video was recorded heading into Chance because he was talking about uh, playing three series in one day and his hands like getting tight afterwards. That was the uh, terminology he used, I believe. Um so yeah, it's it's just that that could be part of it if and when he actually retires. Um, but I do think you know it's going to be more along the lines of him just losing passion for the game, and that's why um, we've been talking about it at least with like the reports of MW two previously and all that leading up to it, and possible reports of um, a non premium COD title coming out next year, potentially two years of MW two junior. Um, <laughs> it that just puts more emphasis on it needing to be a really good game, right? Because if it's not a good game, that that could potentially lead to us losing Scump, right? Um, and I think obviously that would be big blow to the CDL. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But um, he's still going to be doing content stuff, and um, you know, we've seen with like Zuma, for example, his content around the CDL with the flank and everything really blown up. I don't think Scump would do um, something like that on his own, but like, let's just say he like co-streams 
a match for the CDL, like obviously that's going to get a ton of views and it would probably, probably possibly like if, if Scump is co-streaming an optic game, it would potentially have the uh, ability to rival the viewership of the main channel. Now that how is. that happens because of like Twitch and all that, uh, that's a different story and a question for another time, but might not be something we have to worry about if Scump's still competing for a couple of years. There's also the chance that the CDL could go back to Twitch um, which I don't, off the top of my head, I don't remember what, um, like what I saw, but there was like a rumor that, um, you know, Activision might be signing a, a new media rights deal with Twitch, which would be absolutely incredible. I think that needs to happen like as soon as possible, um, because, there are definitely problems with Twitch and I do like YouTube. The fact that you can rewind so easily. I think that's uh, definitely something that Twitch could, um, you know, install into their uh, own service, but it's, there's no doubt that like most people that are going to watch gaming or going to watch esports, they're going to Twitch and call of duty. And this was like one of the main reasons I had a problem, like a very, very big problem with MLG.TV being like even a thing back in the day is because it sure like you know like it's the home of the call of duty league or back then it was the home of like the mlg pro league but once you get done with that tournament like you're not like you're just going to another website you're not staying on that website and vice versa if you get done watching like a xqc stream or you get done watching like scump stream like you're never going to stay on you know like you're never going to just go to YouTube and watch like a, a stream. You're probably going to stay where you are, right? Like it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to be on YouTube. Um, even though I know like Overwatch League is or was on YouTube as well. So I, I'm sure it was like a, a package deal uh, for Activision, but Twitch is definitely the more important uh, platform as we've seen with CSGO getting like over a million viewers. I don't think that's really realistic for the CDL at this point, but definitely just being able to bring in people. Um, and every CDL pro streams on Twitch, which, you know, doesn't really make sense. Like, uh, they can't actually co-stream like Clayster couldn't co-stream the, the champs because he's on Twitch and they're on YouTube and Nade shot. He, he had to give up partnership on Twitch to co-stream his own team, um, you know, on his stream. So, uh, I, I just think like that would be a, a really big thing and it would probably help out the league, but, um, again, probably a different topic for a different time, but yeah. Um, you know, we, I think that about does it for our champs preview. Um, the last 15 minutes was kind of a, a little aside, but, um, yeah, so unless you had anything else for um, for the Champs preview, uh, make sure to like, subscribe, and follow uh, the podcast feed. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, you know, if you want to tune in next week for the live sh- uh, live stream, we're on twitch.tv slash podcast. Um, we're on Twitter. He's at jbank2ks. I'm at presbuyers. And the podcast Twitter is at podcast. Um, the next episode probably be the ninth, um, depending on your softball schedule and, um, you know, how things go. Uh, so make sure to tune into champs, uh, August 4th through August 7th. It's in Los Angeles and it's going to be streamed all weekend long on the CDL YouTube channel. Um, 
and uh yeah just just enjoy this call of duty uh this call of duty event i think vanguard kind of stinks but the tournaments have been absolutely crazy um major four was incredible i expect it to be even better and and obviously because it's much bigger it's about five times the size of the prize pool of major four so champs is a, a really big event and it's always cool to see players kind of change their lives in like a weekend to win like you know whatever the the prize pool is i think it's 1.2 million dollars for the winners so um make sure to enjoy it and uh you know we'll see you guys next week um bink take it away yep you hit the nail on the head there um farewell vanguard after this week uh for most people you will not be missed but at least we have one more tournament coming up that like preston said regardless of what you think about the game the this event should be pretty exciting and action-packed so i know i'm personally extremely excited for champs coming up i think there's the potential for a lot of good matchups um and yeah it's gonna be a good one so Hope you guys tune in, and if for whatever reason you don't, you can tune back in here uh, next week to hear us recap it. And yeah, that's about it. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in, and remember to send a chow.